Is it too much to ask to get a good marbled steak around here? Go to your grocery store. Go, go inside there, and I'm going to tell you that it's probably prepackaged. First, first and foremost, first and first and foremost, it's probably prepackaged at the plant. It's not prepackaged whatever a couple days before. No, it's prepackaged when it comes from that into that store. What are you gonna do with that? Come on, you don't want that. You're you you've been producing livestock. You you've been showing livestock. You know what a quality livestock animal looks like. And we were looking down at the grocery store at that meat. That's not quality. I can promise you. I sell no roll. That means no grade tenderloins at my grocery store. We sell a bunch of them. It's disgusting. People don't know what they're buying. They see a seven ninety nine a pound price. They're like, give it to me. But it's a no grade. Here's what you got to do. Go to unitedharvest.com. Type in the promo code FRIENDS15. It's going to be a bit pricier, but I promise the quality is there. Go to unitedharvest.com. That stuff, I've been to their butcher house. I've been to their I've been to their little shop. They cut that meat the day before you get it. I know the butcher. He cuts it the day you order it. He'll cut it. They'll prepackage it, freeze it, and send it to you the day that you order. It's beautiful. Check out unitedharvest.com today. This is the show with Cannon Brown. The music business is a lot like the cattle business, I've learned. Um, if you put in the work, the whole goal is to achieve a better product, uh, have a better result, and for that you're rewarded with success and rewarded with stuff like a plaque. No different than winning a banner at a, at a national show. If you're willing to do the work and put out the best product you can, People will notice that, and people will appreciate it, and then you're rewarded for it. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? Well, look who decided to come back. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Cannon Brown. Uh, if you're a weekly listener, just... <laughs> I I apologize, okay? <laughs> I couldn't even try to like make it smooth or act like I, I had a good excuse. I don't have a good excuse for not releasing weekly. I don't have a good excuse, okay? Sue me. I apologize. I know that I said I'm going to go back to a week uh, a regular schedule. I still plan to. Trust me, I do. It, it, if, if anything, just try to trust me. I know I haven't been um, the most trustworthy, especially when I say I'm going to release weekly and then I don't release weekly and then Two or three weeks go by and I release another episode and you're like, oh, wow, Cannon finally released another episode just like he said he was going to do a month and a half ago. Yeah, that, that, that's how that's how life's going right now, okay? Um, I have a good episode for you guys today. That's, that's not to say that I don't have some good stuff coming up because I do. I've got a good episode for you today with Raymond. Uh, we're going to talk about his rap industry uh, beginnings. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a cattle guy, raises show calves, uh, helps out with a bunch of families through the Midwest, has a name in the show industry, 
now he's a manager for a top producer in the rap industry and an up-and-coming, like a legit up-and-coming rapper um, out of New Jersey. Now, I know this might not be for my, my target audience. You guys listening probably didn't want me to say that. You probably wanted me to say, hey, me and Raymond are going to talk about calves and we're going to we're going to talk about the this upcoming year and and what's going on in in uh, his life and in the in the life of beef. No, that's not what this. It's not what this is. I I like the fact that um, Raymond has has established himself. He has a job. He's he's got something that he loves to do. But I love the fact that he's going out there and he's. He's been passionate about the rap industry for, or, or at least about rap music for a long time. And to see him out there pursuing, um, trying to help artists, trying to help produce young producers that are coming up in that um, music, music industry, that that's tough, okay, guys? And I don't know how much you know about the music industry. I know nothing, but I'm going to act like I know a lot right now and go ahead and say it's hard to get into it. I I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's probably difficult to uh, uh, even get clients as a manager, especially if you haven't been in it. I mean, the fact that Raymond has two clients and one of them is producing music for some really good artists right now in that genre. And like I said, he's got that up and coming rapper, Tennis Boy Will, shout out. Like I said, this this isn't probably for my target audience for the, for my uh, older guys out there, older gals out there, moms, dads that are listening to this, that are listening with their kids. Um, but I still think you can get some, something from it, and maybe my younger audience uh, will maybe correlate more with this uh, episode, just because maybe they're a little bit more open minded. That's a shot at you, old folks that are listening. I don't mean old folks. You know what I mean. I'm getting older. I'm like 25 now. You kidding me? Okay. Like I said, I'm a, I'm going to try to get back to a regular schedule. Um, I say I know I say this a lot now, but uh, thank you guys for sticking with me. Uh, whenever you see that uh, thing pop up on your phone, whenever I release that says, "Hey, the show with Cannon Brown just released a new episode." I hope you see that. And if you don't see that, you need to hit subscribe. You need to hit the button that says subscribe. That will do the trick. You'll get a little notification that pops up every time I release an episode. Or every time the keeper pin releases an episode. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get you'll get a notification when they release an episode. Or Legendary Mindset with Jake Richardson. Hit the subscribe button. Or Cattle Pros with Jake Scott. Or there's that rabbit one, you know, the, the rab- best in show. If you like rabbits, go to best in show. Hit subscribe. At the show pod, Facebook, Instagram. Reach out to me if you have any questions. I'd be glad to talk to you. I, I, I have a lot of, uh, I've gotten a lot of still good reviews. People are still listening even though I'm not releasing. Uh, and that's good. I appreciate you guys for, uh, for that. Maybe rele- Maybe listening to older episodes again. Two or three times. That's awesome. Love that. If you have any requests, any requests for people that you think I should interview, don't be afraid to reach out to me. Shoot me a message on uh, Instagram or Facebook at the show pod. 
I'll reach out to him. I don't, I really don't care. I mean, if, if you guys think that there's a there's a leader out there that needs to be talked to, um, I'll talk to him. Uh, I, I'm more than willing. But um, we've got some good guests coming up, some international international guests. Yeah, you heard me right. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I got this video series coming up. We're going to be re- launching that pretty soon. Um, and yeah, I'm stoked about it. So that's enough of me talking. This is a little bit of a longer intro just because I've been gone for a little while. So hello. Welcome back. Th- that was to me, not to you. Welcome back, Cannon. Thank you, Cannon. Yeah, I'm talking to myself. Um. <laughs> All right. That's enough of me talking. Let's do it, Mr. Raymond Ganay. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. Well, welcome back, Raymond. How are you? I'm good. Gosh dang, it's been uh it's I think it's been like over a year since you've been on. Uh yeah, I want to say it was from my recollection, I know we talked about COVID being like all of a sudden like a major issue. And so that was I, I want to say it was before I went out and sold semen in the spring. So that was like maybe in March. I think it was March. I think you're I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I think it was March and it was like literally like a week into COVID. You were were sitting there like, oh, I wonder what's going to (laughs) happen. And here we are. And here we are a year later still uh, uh, dealing with the effects. It's it's an incredible, uh, incredible year that we've had. Yeah, it's been something, that's for sure. But you've had a good year. You've you've had some expansion into your life, right? Yeah, we've had uh, a lot of stuff going on in the last year. (laughs) Learning how to adapt with all the COVID stuff and trying to keep the business growing, uh, trying to um, help customers, especially like, you know, last summer we didn't know what shows we were going to have, and we ended up being able to actually get through it fairly decently. Most of the Midwest state fairs either had a fair or had some sort of a version of a fair, and so that helped a lot on that end for sure to just kind of get get everybody through their, you know, project year with their animals that they bought, so... Yeah, that's the hardest thing, right, is just people are so scared about not having even a show to go to, and it's a good thing those virtual shows came up and popped up for the shows that needed them, but... It, yeah, that it, didn't hurt either. Yeah, that that definitely helped out a bunch, but it's not the same. It's not the real deal, you know? I mean, it's, no, for sure. It, it we, we got enough, there was enough take place for some of these youth to show their livestock to where they were willing to go out and purchase livestock again last this last fall so yeah now you you're in a unique spot because you're kind of selling i mean top-end cattle you're not just kind of um and this is a compliment as well uh for competitive edge and and your deal as well but you're not just selling like average run-of-the-mill cattle you're trying to market the highest quality that you can so you need kind of a um, a show industry that is showing constantly, I, I assume, because it's yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I appreciate the, that compliment. We do try to ha- try to have the highest quality we can get our hands on and get into into good homes. But we do kind of cater to all levels too. We do have you know we have county fair families all the way up to national level families too. But um, I've always been a firm believer in quality over quantity. So for me, I don't have a full time hired person. I don't have 
anybody else to kind of take my place. So for me to be able to service my customers to the best of my ability, um, I can only sell so many. And so uh, to say I don't try to focus more on, on like state fair level and up, uh, I do because those are the ones that I, I you know can actually be able to service everybody because I can't be at every little jackpot here, there, and everywhere um, all throughout the year. So uh, we still encourage families to come from any level to purchase livestock from us. We'll still always do our best, but it's not like I can sell two or 300 of them a year. We're selling 65 to 75 years. So, um, yeah, we try to focus on, like I said, quality over quantity. Yeah, definitely. And I, I can respect that. I mean, if, if you want to do it, you got to kind of have an eye on everything at all times, um, especially in your deal. So it, it would definitely make your job a lot harder if you were selling 200, 300 head of cattle. <laughs> I need a lot more infrastructure to help, you know, actually take care <laughs> of the customers. That's for sure. Well, if you ever need to uh, um, make an application or um, send out some help, we can send it on the podcast, see if anybody <laughs> wants to work. I do, get, I do get asked a lot if, if we're looking for any full-time people. And at, at this point, it just wasn't something I wanted to bring on just because I was trying to – I wanted to get really, really efficient at the level we were at and uh, before I took any more on just so that I, you know, I, I want to keep feeding the machine, but at the same time, I don't want to give it too much and it overload and then we're going the other direction. So, for sure. <clears throat> for sure. I think that's smart of you. I mean, it just make sure that it's efficient enough just with you guys handling. I mean, with, with you or your small crew that you have there now, it's um, it's important to get kind of a handle on it before things get super big, right? Nope, for sure. Once we know we're running full tilt and, and we can handle all that, then, then we can always take more on. So, You get a lot of like junior college kids email you and say like, hey, you need any help or what is it? Um, yeah, and there's we get some, some kids just like fresh out of high school that don't know what they want to do yet and they just want to know if they can work at the barn. And <clears throat> I mean, truthfully, it's kind of seasonal. We really only sell springborns. I do sell some falls, but most of those that we sell – don't actually ever really come into the barn. It's not like I go out and buy a group of fallborns to trade on because usually the time to sell those is right when we're gearing up for spring breeding season. And so we've invested enough money and stuff into some of these AI sires and, and our infrastructure to sell semen in the spring that it's it's too much of a conflict of interest. So I do sell some falls, but most of it is like uh, I get orders from a family, I want this or this, and I try to go find it and just be resourceful that way and, and buy them out of a sale and just direct right to that family or, or what have you, instead of trying to bring in a big group of them like I do in the, in the fall with, with the springborns. Yeah. No, that's smart of you too. Kind of just, that way you can kind of pick and choose too. You don't have to get a whole group. And, um, I know there's, there's always a tail end at the group that you get that you don't know what to do with sometimes. And, um, yeah, it can it can be interesting, but I I remember in junior college I would always do that. I'd send emails out to breeders and stuff like looking for summer jobs. Mm-hmm. No one no one hired me, but it, it was... <laughs> I mean we've had we've had we've been fortunate. We've had some really good kids come through here uh, to help in the fall that have gone to K State or to uh, Butler. Um, those two uh, places are fairly close. I mean I think Manhattan's about an hour and fifteen, and I want to say Butler's about two hours. So we've been fortunate to have a few different kids kind of come that were going to school there on the weekends and uh last fall i actually had uh reed runkle from wisconsin came down um he's graduated and and done with school and and had the uh, ability to just come down you know kind of full time there for sales season on and off uh when i needed him to so i could run around some of them state fairs and, and do some of that stuff so uh 
no, we've been fortunate to have some some part time help come in and out of here. That's been very helpful for sure. Because uh, washing fifty or sixty of them by yourself every day when it's hundred degrees is not very fun. <laughs> oh gosh, dang, dude, that just sounds like a chore. <laughs> yeah, Real it's chore. it's pretty much you, you get up and feed, and you wash cattle all day. If you're lucky and you're able to get it all done, you might have a two hour break before it's time to feed again that night. So, <laughs> and are you washing every day? Uh, we sure try to, especially when it's hot. <clears throat> I mean, we take advantage of the days when it's rainy or cool out. Um, and basically we can only really wash the ones that are broke, uh, unless we pen wash some stuff. Yeah. And so when it's that hot though, I do, I try to, I try to get everything cooled off by rinsing them. Uh, we're not necessarily soaping them and scrubbing them every day, but that goes hand in hand. If you're rinsing them every day, usually they're not getting dirty enough to, to where you're going to have to soap them as often either. So it's more, I, it's more so it's not about growing their hair. It's hot enough down here in that time of the year. It's more about getting them trained to, to stand on the wash rack and getting them cooled off. And then I let them stand under fans and we just kind of rotate things through that way so that everything kind of stay cooled off. What's your, what's more of your priority? Is it the semen or is it show cattle? Um, I, it's honestly, it's fairly close and both things kind of feed into each other. Um, in the spring when I go sell semen, it gives me a really good avenue to, to try to source some of the livestock that I'm going to go back and pick up in the fall to sell, um, helps narrow some of that down. It gives me some opportunities to get into some places before, you know, my competition does and kind of, you know, organize some things that I want. Um, but right there, that kind of also answers it too, because it, the priority is to get those livestock uh, gathered to sell for the fall. So um, the semen sales basically is a way for, for me to kind of pay my way through it and make some extra money on the side. And then the cattle sales probably generate more money than the semen sales as of right now. Um, and that's just because truthfully, we don't own as many AI sires as we actually sell semen on. We, we have a lot of consignment semen as well. And so on those, we're not making the, the larger margins on them because we're getting paid a, a commission just to sell the semen. So yeah. whereas the cattle, even if they're on a commission basis, normally we're making a little bit more money per head than we would make, you know, selling semen on a bull. So oh, that makes sense. And I bet, I mean, selling cattle is a little bit more fun than selling semen. I, I would, I mean, I, I haven't done either, but I'm just guessing. I would say the selling the cattle part is more rewarding. Um, it can be just as difficult to sell a calf as it can be to, to sell someone on uh, basically putting all their, you know, trust in you that this bull is going to work on this cow for that mating and, and, and putting their trust in the genetics. Um, so you run into the same type of type of battles on both fronts as far as making sure that the customer is getting what they need and that they feel comfortable with their purchase. But uh, I, I have more fun selling the livestock just because um, – just like I said before in our other podcast, I love helping the youth and watching those kids load those calves on the trailer and they're excited about their new project and hopefully we can, you know, achieve some sort of success or some reach some sort of goal that they've got. That for me is more rewarding than than uh, selling the semen to a breeder to, to try to make that calf that I can sell. So, I mean, both things can be rewarding, but the at the end end of the day, the reason that those guys are breeding those livestock in the first place is to try to sell it to somebody, to try to go win a show, to try to become, you know, more notable from what they've raised. So at the end of the day, the livestock is, is the end result. So, well, that's a good answer. I mean, I, I, I expected that one and I, I would um, think different of you if you said otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, you got me pegged. <laughs> well, good. 
good. No, I, I think it should be that way too because, I mean, semen, it's, it's um, you're right. It, the livestock is more on the kid's side. It's more making show cattle, making sure that you're making the generations better, but also on the semen side, you're doing the same thing. Um, but it's a little le- less personal. Yes. That's probably yep. a good way to put it, right? Yep. Uh, no, that's... You live an interesting life, and here's where we're going to get into it here because you're, um, you run a little. It, it, uh, CEG is kind of a bull stud, right? Um, so basically, I do. I get asked that a lot. Is is do we own a bull stud, or is that what we kind of are on the sire side of things? And um, basically, we still collect all of our bulls at different bull studs all across the country. There's probably about a half dozen of them that we've used. Um, we do house some of the bulls here, but that's basically just when they're here not getting collected or if they're not out on lease breeding cows, they're here at the ranch. But as far as actual uh, collection of them, we do all, all of that um, off-site. Uh, anything that's here is just sale cattle and then, like I said, the bulls when they're kind of taking a break. Oh, okay. Okay, but you you – and you just house show cattle there is what, what you guys do? What? Yeah, like basically just the sale cattle. I don't have uh, – as of right now, I haven't done anything with any families of like, you know, taking care of them here. I don't have a cooler or anything like that, uh, partially because I don't want to have the responsibility of how to take care of them all summer if they're here. Uh, okay. Again, I don't have a hired person. So if I, if I have to leave to go service other customers, there's no one here to kind of take care of, of something like that that's a little bit more hands-on than – I mean, right now I've just got some donor cows and some some bulls just on grass right now, just kind of chilling out. But um, so it's not like there's chores to do. But if I had, you know, a fat steer on feed for a state fair, then it's a little bit more hands on than there'd be having to be somebody rinsing them morning and night and making trees fed and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Well, what I was getting at is, you sell, you guys sell semen, you raise show cattle, mm-hmm. um, but also you just got into the rap game. Yes, that's been a new addition since our last podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Yeah, just go get a steak, okay? <laughs> go go to unitedharvest.com. Don't go to the grocery store. Don't get in your truck. Go, grab your laptop right now. Don't go to the truck and get dinner tonight. Don't eat tonight. You're not eating tonight. You've had enough. Go to your laptop. Type in unitedharvest.com. This is going to be for... Two nights from now. You're not going to eat until you get this order from United Harvest that you're going to order right now. Go to your laptop, unitedharvest.com. Buy a ribeye. Buy an American Angus Wagyu Cross ribeye right now. Don't eat before it. You're not eating anymore. That's not allowed. In two days, you're going to get it, or a day and a half, whatever it is, and then you can eat, okay? Enjoy it, unitedharvest.com. I would, I would, I've been seeing this all on social media. I love it. Um... And I guess I knew I needed to get you on again just to talk about this <laughs> right here. You know, I'm I'm glad that you did because I've been yielding a lot of questions about that. Mostly from uh, it was this March. I went to New Jersey and New York for like four or five days, and that was the first time where I think some of my followers realized that I wasn't just posting music on my Instagram. As a fan, I'm really actually involved in the industry. So it was kind of a, a moment where people are like, wait, 
he's really out in New Jersey right now. So what's actually going on? So I was there right with that audience. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, I'll go through kind of the background story of how this all came to be. Um, it is, it's just been a side kind of gig for me. Uh, stress release from work, if you will. Um, I've always been a fan of rap music. We, you know, we discussed that before in my other podcast with you that you kind of quizzed me about some of my favorite artists and whatnot. And I've always kind of been in tune with that stuff. That's kind of one of my personal hobbies or passions. And so people that actually get to know me as a person, they'll, they'll realize that pretty soon that that's always been a, a big interest of mine. So, um, I guess with that being said, it was actually not that long from the time that we did our podcast last time that I kind of found this artist on Instagram and, uh, I'd found him on a fan page that I'd followed and I checked out his profile, listened to some of his music that was posted on there, found some of his music on Spotify. I liked a lot of it and he didn't have a lot of followers yet on Instagram and not a whole lot of monthly listeners yet. And I thought just, Quality wise and talent wise, he sounded like somebody that I would normally be listening to that was mainstream already. And so off the side of my hip, I just thought I'm going to send him a DM on Instagram and offer to, you know, whatever I can do to help him. I think he's got some talent. I was like, what have I got to lose? I'll reach out to him and see if he needs help with anything as far as advice or consulting in any way, or can I help him, you know, find some some beats or or get some studio time or whatever I can do to help him because I thought I saw the talent and and the last time I'd heard an artist like that that wasn't mainstream yet was when I found Juice World and I'd found him on SoundCloud or somewhere and it, it, I mean he had just kind of started to kind of pick up and since him I'd found other artists like that and I I'd, I'd started to catch on that I kind of had a knack for finding someone that was the right sound of what was popular and what was going to be mainstream before they actually took off. And he gave me that same, uh, reaction when I found him. So I thought, well, what do I got to lose? I'm going to message him, see what's up. So I sent him a DM and he actually hit me back right away. And fast forward to about a month later, uh, he'd actually told me that he had, uh, Originally, before he'd responded to me, he checked out my actual profile and saw that I had a crazy amount of followers. So he knew that I wasn't just like a, a spam account or somebody random that was, you know, not legitimate. He he knew that I was actually coming to him on some real, you know, business type of a talk. Like I wanted to actually talk business with him and, and see if I could help him. And so uh, we talked a little bit on Instagram through DMs and then exchanged numbers. And then we started talking on the phone and started to realize like his album that he'd actually had out at the time was on Spotify and he'd recorded the whole thing at home on home equipment. So the quality was good, but you could tell that if it was in, in studio equipment, it could always be better. I mean, the sound quality could be better. Just production could be better. Um, and all that stuff. So I reached out to him and I asked him if he needed to, you know, get into an actual studio. And actually the first day that we talked, I helped set him up with a studio in New Jersey that he normally would you know go to if he had the availability to it. And so I was like, Hey, I'll set up the studio time, go tonight, 
and record in a studio where I feel like the energy would be different. You'll actually have an engineer that can help, you know, pull the vocals and put them onto the track and, and do all that and, and see what that does for you. Like, see if that's a big enough difference to where you feel like this is the only way you see it going. And part of my reasoning behind it was I thought if he will go there and do that and send me back what he makes, I'll be able to get a read on if, if I really think that he's legit, if he can perform in a situation like that off, uh, on short notice like that, if I can put him on the spot and he performs, then that tells me that a, he's willing to do the work and B he's got the potential to get better. And so it's kind of like a test run for me. I didn't tell him that, but that's what I was doing on my end. So I'm going to give you his name now because as I go through all of this, I'm going to start referring to him. And so that way it'll be easier to keep track of this. So his, his artist name is tennis boy, will, and he's from New Jersey. And so we started to, to work together as far as, uh, I was basically like in an A&R position. So I would, I, I found, I'd find beats from other producers that I would, I would find on Instagram and I'd try to get that for him so that he could record on that. And he already had his own producers that he was working with too. And I basically just tried to get him as much studio time as I could so he could put out as much music as he could to me. And then I would help him, you know, pick out, Oh, that one was really good. I think this one is, is one of your better songs that you've made here in the last you know week. Let's save that on the list as a potential to, to get released and kind of work through stuff like that. And so our relationship started to grow exponentially because he saw my ability to like read into it and say like, this is, higher quality than that, or this is, uh, this is going to, you know, be received way better by fans than this song or stuff like that. He could see that I was kind of tapped into that whole scene and that whole sound. And so we started to feed off of each other that way. Now, in the meantime, this is where the story gets crazy. So he's somehow managed to get to work with a producer by the name of Nadot, which you're going to hear his name mentioned in this story quite a few times now too. Nadot is actually from Spain. Um, and he's right now one of the most promising up and coming new producers as far as someone that's working with a lot of major recording artists that are signed and he's got a lot of stuff that's about to get released. So I'll kind of get towards some of that. But anyways, long story short, he starts working with Nadot and he's getting some beats from Nadot. And he'd send a few songs back to me and, and like, it was a deal where like instantly I could tell this was a combination that was like crazy. Like this was 10 steps ahead of anything he'd sent me before. Like it was immediate, like what we're on to something here. And so, um, and he could tell too, he knew it too. And so in the meantime, he'd released another single on all platforms and we'd put some promotion behind it and it kind of took off and he had all this stuff in the vault that was coming down the pipe that we were trying to like build towards uh, making an actual album to release. And he starts talking to Nadot about who I was and what I'd been doing for him and, and just small talk back and forth. Uh, I had given tennis the background of what I do for a living I mean, you know, about the livestock and the cattle showing. And he thought it was cool. He thought the whole thing was just, not, I mean, he's not used to anything like that where he grew up. So he, he thinks it's really cool. And he started telling Nadot about what I did. And Nadot is from Spain, so they don't really have 
show cattle over there. So to him, it's like way different than anything he's ever seen. But again, he thought it was really, really interesting. Anyways, long story short, Nadot sends me a message one day and says, hey, I've been talking to tennis. Da, 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 da. I need a manager. Do you want to be my manager? He says, you're really good at business stuff. And I'm like, sure, let's do it. I'm like, what do I got to lose, right? Surely I can figure this out. I mean, it's totally fly by the seat of your pants. I have not been involved in the music industry at all to that level, but I'm like, surely I can figure it out. So I end up getting an LLC set up for him because with him living in Spain, any songs that he produces that go to any artist, doesn't matter who it is, if they publish the music, he's able to get revenue off the streaming. Okay. The only way for him to do that is his songs have to be registered on BMI, which is basically like a copyright publishing type deal. And BMI will only transfer revenue if it's a U.S. account. So being that he's in Spain, he can't, he can't even get any of his streaming revenue from anything he's ever had out up until that point until we get a U.S. business account. So that kind of thing for me is easy to set up. So I set up an LLC and a business account. So now we're off to the races. It's not three months after I get this all set up with him and we're working still with tennis and everything's good. We're all kind of getting along. He lands a song on Trippy Red's Pegasus album. And so that's huge, right? So that album ends up going number one on the billboard. Nada gets a plaque for that. And his notoriety is like immediately skyrocketing. So at the same time as me trying to grow tennis and we're releasing better songs and, and more content, Nadot, I'm kind of double dipping on the deal because I'm in with a producer and I'm in with an artist. So the one that's making the actual music tracks that can work with any artist in the business is taking off. And then this independent artist that is getting beats from a producer of that level is able to, to build himself off of that too. So the two are kind of feeding each other. And so we're just having fun and everything's going good. Now we're now Nadot's working more and more with trippy red. And then it's starting to spider web from there. He's worked with case Wab, which is an artist that, uh, I don't know if he's signed to trippy red or, or how that all works, but he's kind of on the same label and they are, they're all kind of in the same group. Um, so now he's starting to get placements with him too. And, and every time that tennis releases songs, we're getting some of Nadot's followers, to kind of check in with that too. So like I said, two, the two things are kind of feeding and everything's kind of snowballing forward and forward. Fast forward now, I'll fast forward all the way till he drops an album like this winter. It goes great. Uh, we're still constantly making more music. Fast forward to this March. So up until this point, it's been about a year since I've met up with tennis and been working with him. Uh, the year of... 2020 is basically the year that I, for the most part, signed in with him. The year previous, I think it was, and don't quote me on this because I can't remember, we had this discussion right around New Year's. Uh, in 2019, on SoundCloud, which is a streaming service that's free to anybody, you don't have to, you, it's just like YouTube, you can upload right to it. I want to say he had just over 100,000 streams for the year which is pretty good for an independent artist that's getting no label push or anything like that. I step in in March in 2020. By year end, he was close to a million streams. Oh, wow. So exponential growth. Yeah. 
partially because he's been doing a good job putting out better quality music. Um, but it's, it's been a team effort. It's been everything. It's been everything kind of lining up. I've learned that the music business is, is definitely who, you know, and you get linked up with the right person and then they have a connection and that connection has a connection and it just furthers everything along. So now we're fast forwarded to March, 2021. I'm getting ready to go sell semen on the road in the spring. I'm like, I'm going to take four or five days before I have to be gone for two months straight. I'm actually going to, cause at this point I've never even met him in person. It's all been over the phone and, and over social media. I'm like, I'm going to fly to New Jersey for five days. And we're going to book studios there and in New York. And I'm going to actually go and like see him record and like get all these producers to send me beats for this trip so we can try to make some crazy music. Cause I just, I know that if I get in the studio with him, the energy is going to be crazy because we both have great ideas and we know what sounds we're looking for. And I just feel like, Two heads are better than one. So I booked this trip. I fly out to New Jersey. We spend the whole weekend in the studio, which is my Snapchat trip that everybody saw on Snapchat. If you follow me on Snapchat, uh, we record every night. Uh, I don't. I don't know how many studios we went to. We were studio hopping everywhere. It was like we'd start at like seven o'clock at night, and we'd get done at like two in the morning every day. Oh it was crazy. So we made a bunch of music that weekend. And he decides he's going to drop an EP, which is basically like a, a short album. It's, it's like not a full-size album. It's just like, I think it was like 10 songs is what he dropped. I can't remember, eight or 10 songs, something like that. Uh, he decides to drop that on my, uh, it's like the day before my birthday. So this is in April. He drops that tape, and that's the one that really was solid. And on that tape, I think there's like, almost half the songs were made in that weekend when we went out there. Um, one of the songs we made that weekend was called Mars and it kind of like blew up on Instagram and stuff. He had all of his followers went crazy about, about that song. And so we knew that that was kind of one that was going to push it along. And so we decided with the timing, like let's, while it's hot, let's drop that. So we did. So there's an artist that's really famous. Uh, his name's fat boy. He's from Jersey originally. And Tennis actually knew him growing up. We got a hold of him to see if he wanted to help us with some promo. And he said he would. So uh, he posts Tennis' Tennis's latest album on his Instagram. Okay, And like I said, this guy's got 5 million followers. And it's super well received. Immediately, he's getting all kinds of new followers, all kinds of people in his DMs. P&B Rock Again, another famous artist. He's worked with Drake. He's worked with numerous. I mean, we're talking major recording artists. He hits tennis up and off of that post, off that one post, he checked out his music and he's like, hey, I'm flying you to San Francisco. I'm flying in a group of producers and a group of underground artists that I think are really talented and we're going to make a whole album. So I want you there. I'm going to fly you there. All expenses paid. Come live in the mansion for the week. We're flying you out there. So like, Immediately, this little EP has gotten him huge opportunity, right? So he goes out there and does that. And since that time, <clears throat> that was about three weeks ago when he was out there, I think, the snowball has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Now we're actually, he's got a show booked in LA on the 16th um, that he's performing at. And actually just today, uh, we both booked flights to LA. We're going to LA from the 14th to the 17th. 
there's a another live show with a bunch like Case Suave and a bunch of artists that kind of worked with Trippy Red, Ty Fontaine, a bunch of fairly mainstream artists, Zelly Ocho. They're all going to have a show, and uh, Zelly Ocho actually reached out to Tennis and wants him to come to the show, and he wants him to perform Mars live at the show. So oh. we're going to that show to kind of, I guess, bump elbows with those guys now. So it's all of a sudden kind of got really really serious <laughs> like it it's sounds pretty serious <laughs> it's it, so all of these major artists are kind of getting in touch with him and and basically reaffirming whatever you know what i always thought right from the get-go was that he was going to be that level and i think if we wouldn't have had covid last year and we could have had live shows and stuff like that where he could have got in front of crowds with the caliber of music he was making in the last year he probably would have already had his big break um, I truly believe that that is what kind of has held it up, even though it's moved at an incredible pace so far from the time I found him to the time it is now. Um, but now that things are kind of starting to loosen up and we're getting live shows and, and he's going to get to perform like that, uh, it's going to speed up the process exponentially, I, I assume. I mean, that's just kind of what it's looking like. So, um, yeah, it went from kind of a, hey, I'm just going to try to work with this artist and see if I can – help him make better music too. I'm now his manager. Uh, we talk pretty well every day. We're always in tune with what's going on. He, you know, he lets me know when he's going to the studio, he lets me know who's reached out to him and vice versa. Um, and like I said, being kind of double dipping on the deal with, with also managing that out, the producer, it's opened up huge avenues to other producers because other producers know that I manage him and so then they want to send me beats for tennis as well. And so I'm, I have access to all kinds of music that I wouldn't normally have that I can send to him. And then it's kind of spider webbed out of there too, where other artists that see that I manage tennis, they want to work with me too, or they want to do a song with tennis. And then it's just, it's, it started out as me talking to one person and now it's turned into this whole network of people. And it's crazy how it's how it's spread so fast and how it can literally be one person tells one person something and it's just like huge avenues open up so the music business is a lot like the cattle business i've learned um if you put in the work the whole goal is to achieve a better product uh, have a better result and for that you're rewarded with success and rewarded with stuff like a plaque no different than winning a banner at a, at a national show if you're willing to do the work and put out the best product you can people will notice that and people will appreciate it and then you're rewarded for it it's it's honestly it's the same roadmap as the as the cattle industry which so for me um with how i've navigated through it for me it's really easy to try to just step into this music industry, which I was never involved in at all. And I'm able to maneuver through it because I kind of have the roadmap already figured out. Yeah. It's, um, it's wild, dude. I mean, I commend you for it. Dipping into a different Avenue than you're used to. I mean, you like rap music. You always liked rap music. We've talked about that before. Yeah. But find, finding a way to actually like get in the industry and become a part of it. I think that's, that's pretty badass, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, it's, it went from it went cool. from zero to a hundred extremely fast, and yeah. and I love I love the, the fast pace. Don't get me wrong, but um, it just seems like now, especially in the last week, it's like every day there's all of a sudden there's a new phone call. It's like, hey, this is happening now, and it's like, 
this is crazy. Like, I can't believe we're, you know, we're going to get to do this or this person's reached out to us to, to work or, um, it's been really fun. So, uh, he's been super appreciative of everything I've done for him. And, and for that, I'm thankful because he is, he really is. I mean, he's only a kid. He's 20 years old. Uh, but he is very polished. He, he literally does this for a living. He doesn't have a day job. He goes to the studio. He records music. He is constantly focused on being an artist and he really puts in the work. So I guess to, to be able to work with somebody like that, that at his level, uh, treats it like he's already a, a mainstream recording artist and takes it very seriously. Um, that's the fun part for me because he, I, I know that if, if he's out there working, like it's to progress himself. And so whenever he furthers himself, I'm along for No, I think that's badass, man. I think, um, I think when a tennis boy will makes it and people are like, Hey, who's managing him? And they look at your profile and they're like, what is this? What does this guy do? Does he, <laughs> why does he have all these pictures of cows? I have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of producers and, and rappers now that have been following me because of all of this. And it's, I get a kick out of it when like I'll post a picture of a heifer or a bull or something like that. And like, these rappers are all commenting on it. Like they think it's so cool. And I just, I, I think, um, I think it's just very unique that, that the two worlds can be so different, but they can still collide and they can show love and appreciation to what we have going on just like I can to them. And so I just think it's cool that they even are interested in it. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just something new. Uh, when people see, like you see it on Twitter sometimes, like you'll see just like city people, they'll post a picture like, uh, like a bull picture that's he's just been blown out and yep. combed out, and he's all fluffy, and they're like, oh look at these fluffy cows, I, these are so pretty, but they're like, little do they know that those are like show cattle, and <laughs> right. there's, a, there's an entire market and industry based around them. It's it's pretty cool though that they like that stuff. I'm gonna have to check out your comments when you post stuff now. <laughs> see what they yeah, say. Yeah, it's crazy. the 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 other part of it was, I mean, most of most of what I've done in the music industry as far as uh, content, I've I've just used my Instagram. Um, if you follow me on Facebook, I haven't really said much about it. I try to use Facebook for for business, for CG and whatnot. But um, my personal Instagram, especially, is where I kind of. I said before, like I have, there's a CEG Instagram that we use for, for updates with the company. But like, as far, if you follow diamond G cattle on Instagram, you follow me as a person. And that's what I do. And I'm not, I'm not going to hide what I do. I'm not going to be afraid to post content. If, if it's a, a music video that we're posting, it's a music video one day. If it's a hair for the, just want to show, we're going to post a hair for the, just want to show. It's all about getting to know me as a person and my interests and my personal hobbies, because I want people to know me and not just, oh, that's Raymond that works for CUG. They don't, they don't really know. I want them to actually build a, a personal connection with me so they know and can see what, you know, who I really am. So that's why that page is, has actually probably been, had more dedication to all this stuff than anything else. And so honestly, if, if somebody doesn't follow me on my personal Instagram page, this interview right here is probably going to blow their mind because they will have no idea that I'm even involved in <laughs> any of it. Um, because I even had followers that, they'd see me at a show and they're like, Hey, like, what do you, what have you got going on? Like, we see you post about this tennis boy, will music on your Instagram, but like, we just thought you were a fan. We didn't realize that you were like actually working with them. Like it hasn't registered to a lot of people yet until I, I went on that trip and I was 
literally in photos with him. Like I'm in the studio. We're actually doing this. So that was, but honestly, I've, it's been very well received. I know. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. Rap music isn't for everybody. There's lyrical content that can be vulgar and there's a lot, but you'll find that in rap. I mean, you'll find that in rock music. You'll find, um, stuff being said in country songs. It's not really appropriate either. At the end of the day, it's, it's not even about the content. It's about, it's about the actual music and just the energy that it brings. That's, that's what my attraction to, to the rap music always was, was the energy that it, it gave me or, or what have you to, to kind of pump you up. That's the kind of music. When I want to listen to music, it's usually just to pick me up off my feet because I've, I'm tired. I've been on the road. I've, you know, what have you, I want to get pumped up to try to stay motivated. And, and for me, a lot of the actual music, when I say music, I mean the actual track and the, and the actual beat that is behind it does just that. And so that was always my, my main attraction. So, I mean, if there are people out there that are offended by rap music, I understand it. It's not for everybody, but I will say that it is the number one genre on any streaming service right now in the world. So there is a lot of people that listen to it. So it's not for everybody. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want anyone to judge me differently because I'm involved in it. Cause it's not that I necessarily agree with doing drugs and having guns and all that stuff. I don't, I don't condone any of that kind of stuff, but I genuinely love making music and I love the way the make, you know, the music makes you feel when you hear it. So at the end of the day, I don't try to focus so much on the lyrics. It's more about just having fun and, and, just take it out of context. It's no different than, than comedy. There's a lot of stand-up comedy that's vulgar and inappropriate, but we all watch it and we all laugh at it because it's a release. It's a stress release. Exactly. So I try not to take it too serious. It's, it's more about having fun for me. So, and that's exactly. I think you hit your mute button again. (laughs) Did I hit it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no worries. Uh, I think I'm glad you said that actually, that little disclaimer, because this probably isn't the target audience that we want to, like, I'll never ask you to have tennis boy will on the podcast probably just because (laughs) I don't, I don't really know if we could market him too well with this audience, but right. Right. Um, no, I mean, there's, but, a lot, there's a lot of, there, I hear a lot of stereos at livestock shows playing rap music. It's not like I'm the of only course. one. And so I, I just want people to understand that it's not that, you know, I'm no, I'm not a different person because of it. And I'm not, uh, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm still going to be doing CG and, and going to cattle shows and helping youth and all of that stuff. This is just kind of a, a hobby of mine and, and I'm having fun doing it. So, yeah, dude. Well, I, I'm glad I reached out and got you on the podcast to talk about it because I, you're right. I think there's people that were wondering what the heck you were doing out there (laughs) and me included. I mean, I dude, I, when you had Alyssa uh, come out and shoot that video and you guys used his rap song for the promo. Yeah. And see right there, I'm glad you brought that up. So the music behind the promo video we shot for CG and also for the made for this bowl, both of those were beats produced by Natoc. Yeah. So I'm the only one in the cattle business that has uh, musical tracks on promotional videos made by actual producers that have Billboard charting hits. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's awesome actually. And I I thought it was real ballsy too on it. Like when I when you posted it, I was like, okay, let's watch this. And I watched it. and I'm like, that is ballsy as hell because I know you knew that most of the people that were going to watch that promo probably like weren't used to that uh, weren't used to those beats like they, mm-hmm. they're not used to that but you still did it anyway i was like hell yeah 
I try to be oh, different, yeah, and I try to, and honestly, and this is not meant to sound like a kind of a toot my own horn type of a, a statement, but after we did that uh, CG promo video, it seemed like I kind of set a trend, and there was a lot more of them that reached out to her or other people and started doing that before their sales and stuff like that. I'd had that idea in my head for a long time, but I wanted to do it right. And so it was cool to see how well received it was and then see other people follow suit. And that's how oh, I yeah. knew I was onto something. But I wanted, I knew that when I did mine, I wanted it to be different than anything anybody would ever have. And I wanted to be totally original with it. And, and that's just because that's how I am. I don't like to follow suit with a lot of things. I like to kind of, try to stay in my own lane and do my own thing and be original. So people know that it's, it's, you know, kind of what is, what, what I bring to the table and, and getting to know me as a person. And that's why they want to, you know, be involved with me is because I'm that way. So, yeah. Well, I think there's going to be more and more of that media stuff coming down the pipeline. I mean, more and more people are going to be hiring videographers or, or try to do it themselves, I guess, if they really want to go through, through the hassle of editing everything. But yeah, um, no, for sure. I think, I I think the video promotion is something that in the livestock industry wasn't getting utilized nearly high enough as far as, I mean, you could do one like, like I've seen people do them just, just for one sale, like just do a promo video shoot just for one sale. Exactly. But it's, it's good quality content. It's stuff that people want to watch. Yeah. So, and actually, okay. now that you mentioned Alyssa, that's funny you say that because I actually even had her design an album cover for the Mars song that Tennis yes. Will released. So that, that was, was kind of cool to get her to do that. That was a badass album cover too. She did that kind of like cartoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. It turned out really good. Yeah. Shout out to Alyssa, by the way. Let's just shout out Sweet Briar Creative. And uh, if you ever need, she does a lot of work for me and for the Keeper Pin and, um, she she does some really really good work with graphic design and video work. So any of you guys out there that are looking for for some help, Alyssa's the best. And she yeah, just she moved to her. Texas. She did, yes. She's nope, doing she it full really time nice now. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Um. Well, dude, I think that's about all that I wanted to like really talk to you about tonight. Is just I really wanted that lowdown on the rap. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the short version, life. I guess you could say. Uh, Tomorrow I could have more updates. So it's it's kind of a every day is a new day when it comes to that. So it's it's been kind of a nice adventure. But I guess if anyone wants to kind of keep up with it, obviously follow my Instagram account. Um, follow Tennis Boy Will on Instagram and listen to his music, stream his music on all platforms: Apple Music, Spotify, anything you want. So true. No, dude, I appreciate it again. Um, and well, I mean, I'm excited to hear more about it when you're on, when you guys are on the behind the music in uh, 30 years, <laughs> that's, that's going to be good. I'll FaceTime you when I'm at the BET award. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. You're going to, you're going to send me a snap to behind, <laughs> behind the scenes at some big ass show. And I'm going to be like, Oh, Raymond, how'd you do this? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks again, dude. Um, I'm sure We'll, we'll have you on again. There's always stuff to talk about with you. Time's limited, so you must listen carefully. Hope you like that one. Raymond's, I think Raymond's a good friend now. I mean, I, I feel like I can call on Raymond if I need something, and uh, and he'll help me out, if he can. I mean, at some point, I'm going to be calling him to get like backstage into a music awards at some point. Um, and he'll have to cash out on that. I mean... It, I'm not doing these interviews for free. That's what I'm saying. So, like, 
<laughs> so he's gonna have to he's gonna have to pay me back for this publicity for Tennis Boy Will and Nadot because I'm exposing them to such a large audience of their music interest that it's gonna pay off. Now, Raymond, if you're listening to if you're listening to this, you don't know me anything. Just kidding, you owe me five percent. So I hope you liked it. Like I said, um, I'm a, I'm gonna try to start releasing again weekly because I really do like releasing. I mean, I like talking into this microphone right now. I don't really want to put it down. I like it. I I like imagining you guys. Honestly, this is how I like imagining you guys. I like I like to imagine all of you just driving. Either either two things: driving, and either you're driving to work or you're driving home from work or you're driving on a long drive somewhere. Hello. Watch the road, okay? Don't listen to me. Watch the road. Don't look down. Watch the road. Don't get on your phone. Watch the road, okay? Second, you're at work. Either you're in an office job or you're working labor. And honestly, that's like when I'm cutting meat at my day job, that's all I'm doing is listening to the podcast. So that's how I imagine a lot of people are listening to this one. If you're at your day job, just slinging stuff or working on a lot on a computer, or doing labor, or even driving while you're on the clock. Hey, keep grinding, okay? That's that's what I got to say to you. Keep keep going. You actually walk into your boss's office right now and say, "You know what? You jerk." Just kidding. They're not a jerk. They're not a jerk, okay? And if you're a boss right now, you're not a jerk. Walk into their office and say, I listen to the show with Cannon Brown. It gives me so much intellectual property and intelligence that I should get a 5 to 10% raise on the spot. And if they don't give it to you, just go back to your desk and keep working because it was a ridiculous thing. To do that, why? If you actually do that, don't do it. Okay. Like I said, I like talking to the mic. I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it more. I need to release more. Um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try to get Jake on. Jake Richardson. He's not texting me back. So if you know Jake Richardson, tell him to text me back because first I want him on a podcast because we haven't been on one together in a while and we have a lot to catch up. And second, because he's my friend. And uh, I know he's busy with shows and stuff. He's at like a goat show every week. But it, it, you're never too busy for friends. So if you know Jake, tell him to text me back. Okay? I will see you guys later. Not see you, but you'll hear me at some point. I might see if the show's upcoming here. We got Arizona Nationals coming up pretty quick. Denver's coming up here pretty quick. Should be a good time. We got the whole spring. I will see you guys later. Talk to you later. Come back again. I love you. Bye.